Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my lit yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone feel stronger through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Friday with friends and I have a lovely friend from across the pond, Hannah Barrett. Hannah is a yoga instructor in London and she has developed a name for herself specializing in postnatal yoga as as well as many other things. So today I welcome Hannah. Hi, it's so nice to be on here. Thanks so much for having me. It's so lovely to have you and it's so wonderful this little square space of Instagram has connected so many people that I'm now friends with and and I've loved just um, observing what you do on Instagram and, and learning more about you through uh, some friends, similar friends of ours. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your path into yoga in specific, and then we'll go into the postnatal part? Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. There's so many people that I've learned so much from and have inspired me just simply from across like all parts of the world over the squares. But yeah, so I, I my background wasn't was actually in finance. I've got a mass degree, and then I trained as an actuary, which never, no one ever knows what it is, but it is basically I valued uncertain events. <laughs> And I used to work in pension, so I'd um, tell people how long they were going to live for and stuff like that. I wouldn't tell people, but that's kind of the part of the stuff that we had to do. But and I kind of loved my job, and I, I used to work on projects, so it was really long hours, and it was it was intense, but it was fun. But then I fell pregnant, and oh, I, I love that expression! Stuff. I fell pregnant. Is that a UK thing? <laughs> I was I, maybe, maybe we, we I say I got pregnant. pregnant, but I love it. I fell pregnant. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's like maybe I didn't realize that was a UK thing, but yeah. So I got pregnant or I got pregnant and I just thought I can't do this. I, at this point in time, it's not the right thing for me to do. So I'd always loved yoga, but I hadn't really 
I suppose I hadn't really got it until I fell pregnant and I started a self-practice and I started practicing daily and it, it all clicked into place off the mat as well as on the mat. And then I had struggles when, when, um, I just, I found motherhood quite hard, a lack of sleep and everything and yoga really helped me. And I, I wanted to start, you know, sharing how amazing it was with other people, which is why I looked into doing the teacher training and then did a year long teacher training. And from there, um, and then I suppose the postnatal stuff in particular came from, I've always wanted to move. I've always been, you know, I used to love the gym and all forms of exercise, walking and stuff. But after having my first Jack, I, I was really confused about my body. I was really confused about the changes. And I jumped back in because I was like, oh, I'm strong. I've had this practice, and quite dynamic practice all through my pregnancy. And I didn't understand the changes in my body. And I ended up injuring myself. I injured my shoulder, my rotator cuff. And I injured my, um, or I didn't injure, I worsened my diastasis because I just was doing the right, wrong things. And I hadn't learned about the core and how it changes and how to re-engage and stuff. So then I kind of thought, well, hang on a second. I'm an educated person. I should understand. So I started like reading and looking into it. And I was, oh, when you when you look online, there's so much out there, but it's really conflicting and it's confusing sometimes. So I started working with a physio, who a physical therapist, um, US speak. And um, I said to her, look, I've got this idea. I want to write this book all about building strength using yoga after you've had a baby but I want you, I want someone to come and write it with me. So she's called Fanola, Fanola Burrell, and she's amazing. So good at what she does. And she was, she was on board. So we ended up writing this book and it's a 16 week plan. And it's just, it gives you that information. It tells you, look, when you've had a baby, all these things can happen to you, whether it's diastasis, it's prolapse, incontinence, it's, you know, a lower back pain, all these things can happen. It's, it, you know, it is normal, but it doesn't have to be your new normal. This is what you can do to help yourself. This is what you need to do to be able to get back to what you were doing before. And then it brings in the mindfulness element because obviously such a major part of having a baby is learning to be strong, have that inner strength. So anyway, we created this guide and then it kind of came on from there. And yeah, that's the, that's the start really. I feel like I've just rabbited on, but... <laughs> no, I love it. That's so amazing because this is a missing piece, I feel like, in a lot of the the languaging of any uh, movement experience, whether it's yoga or running or um, whatnot, is that like coming back from pregnancy, uh, how your body is different. And a lot of women don't talk about it until like, you know, I've years later or like six months later, and it's this almost, almost an embarrassment, like, well, I never really got, you know, I was pregnant. I had my baby and I just... I really never got my abs back. And it's so much deeper than that. It's this connection to, like you said, your inner and outer core. What is the feedback you've gotten from people who have done this course or looked at your book and gone through it? Yeah. It's been amazing. Like we have like, we are just so blown away by the feedback we've got. People just who's suffering. Because if you're suffering, say, from something like incontinence, it's so taboo. No one likes to talk about it. And you know, and you just want someone to one, understand you and two, say, these are some things that can help you. And we're not saying we can fix everything. We're not like one of those guides that's like magically get a six pack with it because that's not what we're saying. Some people need to go and have, see a um, physio, um, you know, face to face. But 
there are lots of things that people can do. And, you know, the, the initial stages in particular, learning about the core, learning to re-engage the bits, learning about the pelvic floor, the transverse abdominis, the key things that everyone can do. And then people can, you know, people don't realize they can actually do them from, from after, straight after they've had the baby. And I'm not saying, you know, do a burpee or anything like that. It's just very subtle movements, isn't it? But it's learning to reconnect your body. But also because for me, because I loved movement, I wanted to know how to safely get back into it. So the yoga specs in our book are really intense. They're meant to be short and dynamic because obviously you don't have much time as a mom. But it's like, how can I do them safely? How can I know how to do a plank safely and know if I'm not doing it safely? These are the warning supplies. This is how to lower the intensity. So that is that was that was our mission. And it's been, I'm we're absolutely blown away by the feedback. It's been really amazing. Um, and it's just, I suppose it makes it all worth it to hear like people feel like themselves today and can go for a run without worrying about leaking don't have to worry about their you know i hate the word but the mummy tummy do you call it that in the u.s it's awful. no but i love it mummy tummy yeah right exactly (laughs) yeah yeah. so many women i know so many women apologize for it and then kind of then they learn to say well but you know it was worth it because i have the baby and it's like well you can kind of have both you know you really can you can have the baby and you don't have to be dissatisfied with the way something looks and even more importantly the way it feels now, in terms of the diastasis, because I'm asked this a lot, and there's always evolving um, kind of information yeah, yeah. and differing opinions. And my my take is, and then I'd love to hear yours, yeah. my take has always been, because I have been kind of in the trenches teaching for 25 years and seen a variety of, of different forms of it. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, listeners, this is the, um, the superficial fascia that lies over the rectus abdominis the uterus expands and the belly is getting bigger, it gets stretched. And at some point, not for everybody, but for many, it, there is a, there's a tear there. And so when, after the baby is born, there can be like a, a gap and it can be a very little gap and it can be, you know, four fingers gap where there's, it's like a divot literally in the center of your, so it's as if the two seams that may, or the two sides that make up the front seam of the body have been pulled apart. So, you know, there's varying kind of information to being like extremely almost uh, alarmist about it. And then others will be like, hey, you know, uh, it's fine. Your body adapts and it knows how to not only um, repair, maybe it won't come all the way together again, but it will be fine. And there's things obviously you should avoid. So what I tell with people is they come in and they do my, my reset, which is the very beginning of my classes. We establish neutral pelvis get our glutes going and we work the different sets of abdominals together, you know, as a, as a unit. Yeah. And for the women that have had a diastasis that's pretty large, I have them literally just pull it together, like to help that seam there. We don't do big, big ranges of motion because the core in essence is really about stabilization. It's not about like, yeah, you flex your trunk, but that's you don't want to do that repetitively over and over again anyway because that's a more superficial muscle group that's doing that so i love um, i love what sorry can can i just buy in one second i love what you said about the you the neutral spine the neutral alignment Mm -hmm. because everything needs to be functional and i see um you know this whole what do you call it imprinting or tucking of the pelvis to help find that connection to the core but if we continually learn that then you can't use it. It's not functional. You can't run down the street. You're caught. You tucking your tailbone like it's not going to work, is it? No, so it's it is, not. It's, and that's a big thing. Like even in the Pilates world, there's 
there's, I've interviewed some Pilates people and there's a real division there of the kind of languaging of tuck the tailbone and of the neutral spine. And you need a neutral spine and neutral pelvis. The spine is taking all that energy through from, like if you're running from the ground up through the pelvis into the spine. And and you can't rely on, that's an action just posterior tilting the pelvis, but you can't rely on that as a, as a way of in getting into the deeper core muscles. That has to be of like a, it's going into a journey, you know, through yeah, yeah, yeah. adductors, pelvic floor, and all of that. So but also, because mm-hmm. if you tuck your pelvis and you learn to do that all the time, your pelvic floor hammocks, doesn't it? And then it can't turn on as well. So then you have other issues. So at Absolutely. the end of the day, you need to, you need to learn. The balance and the neutral, neutral yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. the neutral spine. Because what I always say is neutral is starting. So if you if, like, if you're running a race, you want to start this. You want to start at the starting line. You don't want to start behind because then you're already yeah. behind. You're already imbalanced, and you're not going to perform as well. You're not going to optimize whatever movement you're doing and, and activation. So, what kind of advice have you given to people? And as a teacher, how do you? How do you teach women who have some kind of gap in there and and do you use hands-on? Do you encourage them to? And lots of questions. If yeah. I don't answer them, come back. But um, firstly, there's a lot of scaremongering that goes around about diastasis. A lot. <laughs> a lot. And, it, uh, and it's really, really normal. I had it in both my pregnancies and it's normal. And most of the time it will go back together by itself. But you know, it's, it's, it's really important to understand your core and learn how to re-engage it again particularly your transverse and your um, obviously your pelvic floor. So firstly, we talked about the, the width of the gap. That's only one element. And it's, some, it's an element that people used to focus on a lot, but actually they've realized it's a lot the depth as well. So it's not actually, people can have, say, a two, three-finger gap and it'll be absolutely fine because they've got, they've got the um, tension belief beneath it and then they control it. It's, you know, the main, the main thing that you need to be mindful about is like doming of the abdominals and not being able to control your core and feel that that strength in there so the way I used to, I don't usually get hands-on although that's really interesting and I, I you know we can chat about that afterwards because we'd love to more but um it's getting them to be more hands-on to understand how to check it to see the three different you know if it's at the top usually the belly button I find but it can be bottom as well and then um to feel their TVA so to feel that, hit, so for, for listeners to, to see if your TBA is engaged, you can lie on the on the floor with neutral spine, put your your knees up, your feet um, flat on the floor, so your knees are bent. And if you take your fingers onto your hip bones and then bring them in a little bit towards each other and slightly down, relax your tummy muscles, take a deep breath in, and then you give them a little poke, you'll find that they're really um, nice and floppy. And then if you exhale and hug your navel towards your spine, you should feel that muscle activate underneath your fingers. So you can see if you can actually turn it on because some people really need to relearn how to turn that muscle on, which I did as well after I'd had my children. Well, what I found too is not only learn how to turn it on, some women... I've actually seen this a lot. They've never connected really there. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So it's actually, actually, what I always say is, this is an opportunity to get stronger. Like I felt my strongest actually after having kids. And some of it, maybe just n- there was a necessary attention to the area. And whereas I might've just taken it for granted in ways, but I've seen that with a lot of women. They're just like, wow, I do- I've never, like I've never tuned into this area. I've, you couldn't have, poked it and gotten yeah. any response. So I think it's fascinating. And I do think the fear mongering has got to stop because I've seen a lot of women who come in 
and they've not done any abdominals, any kind of like purposeful core activation yeah, yeah, yeah. because someone had said, oh, you don't want to do that. That's going to get make it worse. Yeah. Um, now, how about during pregnancy? Uh, what kind of advice have you heard that worked for you or you've given as a yoga teacher for women to kind of better prepare themselves for the, the because I look at it as a, it's one long yeah. Journey, you know, even after the babies, you're still, there is a, like the prenatal, postnatal, it's a journey of um, learning to adapt in your body to different things that are happening because you've got hormones yeah, yeah, yeah. afterwards as well. So during the pregnancy itself, do you also like to do prenatal yoga as well as postnatal or is postnatal your, your kind of specialty? No, no, I do. I like to put prenatal as well. I am trained in both as well, but if prenatal is a funny one, because there's really different sides of the fence. You've got some people literally being like, do not engage your core at all, which I just think personally, I think is wrong. It's not, it's not right. And then you've got literally do anything. My one thing I always say to people is, what have you been doing before? And don't start doing something exactly. crazy. Because I, I know people who carried on running throughout their pregnancy and because they always did it. But I was never going to start running when I was pregnant because I never did it. Like it wouldn't have been wouldn't have been good for me, but you do need to concentrate on the strength, particularly of your pelvic floor. And again, I keep mentioning the transverse abdominus and you know, you want to your rectus abdominis. You don't want to be doing those crunches just because you need that muscle to be nice and long to give yourself space. But uh, like I, when I was practicing, when I was pregnant, you've, you've had children. I have, I have two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. Two children as well. Okay, cool. And so when I was practicing, it was very different to what I teach other people unless they had like a uh, an established practice but my tips I always say to people is obviously be really wary of twists and be really mindful of your movement so when you're getting up from the floor like check in with your abs like getting out of bed and stuff like that but you know when you're moving around your mat move when intention make sure you're not doming make sure you can control it be really careful with jumping because jumping can put the pressure on the pelvic floor you can you can disagree with any of these things to me and then breathing exercise like holding your breath obviously never hold your breath and be wary of something Actually, I've got a question for you. Someone turned to me the other day and said they were told they couldn't practice ujjayi breath during pregnancy. And I was never taught that, but did, I couldn't think of a reason why. Um, yeah, I mean, for people that don't know what we're talking about, ujjayi breath is just a deeper... I, I mean, it, to me, it's like very... It's a full breath that has a sound to it. So, I mean, honestly, that's... I, so I don't see there's anything wrong with it because you're not you're not retaining something. It's just your working on the biggest expression. Now, some of it, perhaps your diaphragm isn't going to be ha- have as much excursion to it because of all the stuff that's getting in the way, the other organs as the uterus grows. But I don't see there's anything wrong with it. You know, I, again, I think that's people, there is a lot of, you know, what I say is, listen, what women have been giving uh, birth and, and carrying babies for centuries and, <laughs> and they've done it in far more arduous conditions than we are doing and not with our body, but I fully agree. You know, that's what I always ask when somebody calls and says, do you have prenatal yoga? And I say, well, we don't have prenatal yoga. What I say is if you have had a yoga practice, continue your yoga practice. You're going to naturally adapt. We're going to give you some, a lot of like props as you, as the, your belly gets bigger. You're not going to be doing deep twist or anything like that. We'll figure out different ways of going from playing like in a sun citation, how you would uh, do that. And I've seen different, you know, I've had women who've done it differently. So it's again, like it gives a lot of permission to the woman, but you do have to have it in your back on you. Like you don't want to start like anything in your, this isn't the time to start it. Your, your body is yeah, yeah, yeah. 
has to understand the movement to some degree ahead of time. You're going to go slower at a certain point. It's just not going to feel good to to be moving at a quicker pace. But I feel like... And the key, the key yeah. is that mind-body connection. And it's yeah. like, it actually teaches you so much more about yoga because you have to be so in tune with your body. And you, you things just don't feel right. And if you felt this, but I remember on my second, like, upward facing dog about 20, 20 odd weeks. I was just like, I can't, it does not feel right. Something is happening. I, it doesn't feel right. And it wasn't, I don't think the, it was more, I could feel my, my um, tummy muscles splitting, mm-hmm. but it's just having that connection. Yes, I totally agree. And I loved what you said, backing up a little bit um, when, you know, obviously this is, doesn't take into account for people who've ha- had a C-section or something, but that you can really start connecting right away. I remember maybe two days after my daughter was born, that my first, I would look down and just tight, try and pull my, like you yeah, said, yeah. navel to spine. And there would be all this quivering. And of course, you know, I still had uh, my, you know, the expansion there, but I was starting to connect and it was so, fu- and I thought it was, oh, this is so funny. Like I loved this little like quivering because what I, what I look at that is that's the neural, the neural firing is happening, but it's just right. The muscles, the motor firing is just delayed. It's not as strong, but it'll get there. And those little things helped me so much in my recovery. How did you feel with, I know you said you're, you've, you had both pregnancies were pretty good or one of them was harder yeah. than the other. So because of Jack's pregnancy, I came up with the idea of the book. So by the time I'd had Amelie, my second, I, we basically were, were on the path of writing it. So I was testing all of this stuff out and I was just like, this is so good. Like I'm, te- you know, this is the education I needed. It's all about giving us the power back, isn't it? Empowering yes. us to actually understand our bodies and know what to do. But after having Amelie, I just had, I had issues with her. She was, she was running small. It was a high risk pregnancy. And then I woke up in the night and I'd had um, what they think was a partial placental abruption. And I was bleeding so heavily. I thought she, I was having a miscarriage. It was awful. And then I was rushed to hospital and I had her. She was only a month early, but she was four pounds. So she was absolutely tiny. And then she had so all these issues. She was so sick and she nearly died in intensive care. And it was just awful. So although obviously the it was about the physical side, a lot of my practice was on the, the, oh, the trauma. Key. That's like a PTSD, yeah. right? Having to yeah. go through. So your, I did. So in, yeah. at three months, it, it, I realized that I wasn't okay. And that I did have PTSD. And just because like things like you wouldn't even realize seeing a, the Pampers do this premature baby advert and it would give me a panic attack. I couldn't, I could not watch it. And it was, and yeah, it was, it was awful. It was really awful. And it's why I advocate as well that yoga is amazing. It's incredible. It gives you all these tools to help you, but it's not this one cure all. Like for me, I needed therapy. I needed about a year of therapy. And I, it, I, you know, when people say it can fix everything, it maybe it can for some people, but you know, don't feel like you're weak for accepting other help or needing other help. Not, I love that you said that. And I totally agree. What I think is, and I say this a lot, yoga reveals, it reveals our imbalances in our body, but it also reveals it in our mind. And that is just a revelation, but it's not a cure. There are many other things that we need to bring in to help those areas that are wounded or imbalanced. And um, and I, I, I love that you are talking about that as well, because I think that's so important. I think motherhood can be lonely. It can be isolating. It can be and and we've seen this more and more women are speaking out about this, but 
Um, it can be, it can be sad, you know, and, and it's so conflicted because it's like, well, I have a baby and this is what I wanted. And isn't it a miracle? And it's like, yeah, but those both things can exist. You can be super grateful that you have a child, but you can also have the darker thoughts that, that are important to get up and out <laughs> and not yeah, harbor. I, I, it's, I, I 100% agree. Like basically it's okay not to be okay. And it's not this competition because I remember thinking for me, like I should be so grateful I have this baby who survived. Some people do not leave the hospital with their babies, which is super heartbreaking. I just can't, it sends shivers down my spine, but that doesn't make my ordeal any less. And it doesn't mean that I need to magically be okay. And you can literally have had the perfect pregnancy, the perfect birth, a baby that sleeps and all that and still struggle. And that's okay. And just reach out. You know, it's it's really tough to talk about it. And it, I, don't, I don't know if you ever had any struggles, but I really struggled. And my, my husband, who I've been with for 12, 13 years at that point, I really struggled to tell him. And when I did, it was like a massive light had lifted. But you you get stuck in the thoughts. You don't. You're not being rational, and it, it's really hard to talk. But do talk. I do talk because um, actually, I always say speaking it frees it. You know, and yeah. that doesn't mean it just like leaves immediately. But you have to speak it because it, otherwise, it is like it's like a little. You know, um, it's dark and it stays in you. And um, I'm I'm such a believer in all that. I was just talking to my teenage daughter about this. And you'll have years, but but doing it for yourself now <laughs> is going to prepare you in so many ways because we talk really openly about her feelings. And, you know, and I always say, these are feelings and they emotions and emotions are not rational. You don't have to make them logical. You don't have to explain them. That's what you're feeling. And actually to speak them and to talk through them, it takes some of that power away from them. And yeah, yeah, yeah. so, you know, she's, fortunately, she's really good with talking about it, but um, it's a, it's a challenging time to be a young kid in the world and a young adult and all of it. And so actually when we speak all these things, we're in it, we're building community with that as well. And I think what you're doing with mothers in particular is so, so needed. What are your, what are your aspirations for the next number of years? How, where do you want this your own personal journey how to, and, and what you've developed, how do you want to bring more of that into the world? Because you should. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a hard question, isn't it? I have all these thoughts in my head and I'm, I, I'm, I have about a hundred projects, ideas, and I've got to remember that my kids, like my youngest is still only two, so it's tricky. But um, I, I just want to spread it more. I think I, I keep getting asked for pregnancy help. So I think we need to write something to help people for pregnancy um, so they can feel more empowered. They can understand their bit, bodies a bit more. Um, and I want to um, do what you've done, get online and get the courses up online because at the moment they're just eBooks and, and um, you know, it's so much easier to learn from videos and stuff. So yeah. I think and that's also, perfect. I, I want to I write down my story as well because if it, even if it helps one person, it's, you know, that's a, that's huge. There you go. And that's what, you know, that's what would be my suggestion is focus on that. That'll be a lot right there is what you just said, but it, and it'll be easy to not easy, but it'll be clearer to manage, you know, being a mom when you have like one focal point like that, bringing this, your story and bringing your experiences and, and then the kind of how to's the manual that will help people um, with their own pregnancy. And after, uh, after having the baby, this is super okay. important work. I just love we could talk more and more about this. I'm sure we will. I'll, I'll have to have you okay. back, Hannah, but I'm, I'm grateful for your time. 
it's so lovely to meet you. And I'm really um, impressed with what you're doing. And as a, a woman to woman, I'm just cheering for you because this is, and mother to mother and all that. I just think it's really important work to help people find them their, themselves in mental, physical, emotional, spiritual ways. And it sounds like you're just doing a brilliant job with that. So thank you. Oh, thank you. That means the world back at you. Um, and thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. Yes. Face and to so face where can people, yeah, where can people find you and, and learn about the, and have, find this ebook? It's on your website, correct? Yes. So um, you can find me on Instagram, Hannah Barrett Yoga, which links through to my website. It's about to change, hannahbarrettyoga.com. Um, and everything there will, I mean, you can, yeah, all the information is there. Yeah. So go and, and get that book, that ebook. It's beautiful and it's really helpful. And, and I love that you aligned with your physical therapist friend um, to get yeah. uh, all that, the physical and anatomical knowledge as well. Thank you yeah. so much. And for everybody listening, thank you. As always, I'm pulling for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.